AM790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Well, and hello, 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 and welcome to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. Uh, I am so excited. It is beautiful out. It feels like summer. And I don't know what you were doing last weekend, but you know, everybody had a bad forecast. They thought it was going to rain on Saturday night. I actually even thought it might rain on Saturday night. But lo and behold, by 5 o'clock, everything was beautiful and clouds cleared and water fire was on around 70,000 people uh, down along the riverside experiencing some really fantastic things. I'm, uh, you know, I've got my incredible co-host, Mr. Barnaby Evans, who I'll talk to in a second, to tell us a little bit about our new addition to water fire, which is this wonderful beer garden you know where else can you go you get a beer garden you've got characters that are all memorial park you've got fires and music and all sorts of art installations happening at an art installation so if you miss saturday don't worry about it because on august 1st we have got a really large lighting coming up and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the future but well hello barnaby Hello, Brahman. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It was a beautiful, uh, pretty amazing night. Lots and lots of people. Many, many happy people from all over the world. I know. So. I, I was I was a bit surprised because I thought that the weather forecast would have kind of, you know, turned people off a little bit. But, gosh, I mean, if it did turn anybody off, I, I'm not sure who it was because 70,000. There were many, many people there. Yeah, many happy people. So that was uh, in celebration and of Navigant Credit Union. 100th right. anniversary, and uh, we saw lots of uh, joyous people from Navigant there. They had a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, again, we've got another huge and Cox fire. was uh, Cox Cable. Yep, Cox Communications, Cox, Cox Business, massive reception. But I just really enjoyed Everyone just seemed so happy. I didn't really, you know, I just saw lots of smiles on people's faces. And I that just, I think it was because we were, you know, we had that month-long hiatus. And now we know water fire is here and we are about to go strong every other weekend from now through september 26th and october 3rd we're going to have the gloria gem of breast cancer resource foundation lighting and then of course in november our salute to veterans but i want we have to at least three fires in august yeah yeah but you started to mention the beer garden i well barnaby i did did you stop by the beer garden and have a couple I of beers? I did go by the beer garden. I didn't have any beers, but I saw lots of people enjoying the beers. This is a great new addition that we recommend to people. We're doing it with Trinity Brewhouse. And uh, Josh Miller and uh, Tommy, the brewmaster there, and Tony Gonzalez. And uh, it was really, it's a new venue we've created right near the GTEC building uh, in the Double Fires by the Mall. And it was a nod to the city of Frankfurt because there's now a direct flight between Providence and Frankfurt. That's right. What is that, it Condor? Back and forth. It's Condor Air. Yep. And uh, so we based the cuisine with uh, Tony on, on Frankfurt cuisine, and they did two great German beers, and people loved it. Was anybody wearing Lederhosen? We did not have anyone in Lederhosen, but if they, if someone would like to, we would love them to email us. Would it. you allow me to wear Lederhosen? I think I need to uh, running the Brazier Society. All right, okay. Lederhosen sounds like fun, though. Um, Barnaby, we have got a great show lined up today, and I'm, I'm very, very excited. You know, 
I have uh, known our first two guests for quite some time, especially one of them um, really for years, a five-year-long water fire sponsor through the Royal Bank of Canada. But um, we're going to be speaking with some dear friends here from RBC Wealth Management, our financial advisors, Maureen Kerrigan and Courtney Chelgren of the Kerrigan Children. Chelgren, I can really speak today, really I can, uh, investment group, uh, in, incredible uh, mother-daughter duo uh, in the financial industry here. And we're going to be sc- discussing, you know, and I love this title that Maureen and Courtney came up with, you don't have to be a Gates or a Buffett for your gift to make a difference. So we want to talk a lot about charitable giving Um also, being a mother-daughter duo, I want to get into that because I can personally say that I do not know many mother-daughter duos, whether it's even in law firms or banking or wealth management. So this is very exciting for me. But I would like to welcome you both to the show. Hello, Maureen. Thanks so much, Bronwyn. It's a thrill to be here again. Always good to have you. And always, you know, you give the best tips. You changed my life five years ago when I listened to some very sound, just basic financial advice because uh, I know you care about people and what they're doing. And Courtney... Hello. It's great to be here. Big shoes to fill with uh, my mom leading off, but... Oh, I, I hear that you're like the dynamic duo. You know, Batman's got Robin, and now you guys are together, and you, you know, when... I've got to say, one, congratulations. You joined the firm. Yes, thank you. A long time coming, but it was time, so... Yeah, can it, when, when did that happen? I joined in December, and I officially went live May 1st. There so. were a few minor tests in between. She had to pass a series. Yeah, a few <laughs> minor yeah. tests, those yeah. All those things that are quite consuming, but she passed them stellar, and she's on the way. And congratulations. Those tests are famous for how difficult they are and how exacting. So Quite a few Congra- fun months of my life, yeah. but glad it's behind me. Well, and again, it's very uh, interesting. Two beautiful, very smart women, mother and daughter, in wealth management and being financial advisors. So um, I know Maureen... Tell me a little bit about your passion when it comes to being a financial advisor, um, just in general. I think education is as much a part of what we do and trust. And those are two things that we focus on a lot. We tend to work um, with not just women, but um, having being able to have a conversation that you feel a part of um, is important for some women, especially when it comes to finance. They feel like they might not be recognized as much they might not their opinions might not matter as much and that's one of the things that we try to do is engage everyone in the conversation because you can't have just one person focused on the money and one person focused on the dry cleaning anymore that's not the way of the world and sadly um, I'm finding that we're working with a lot more young widows and suddenly they're deer in the headlights and they're not sure where everything is and what should they do and where do they go to. And um, that's part of how I originally got into this business because of my own mother having that experience of not knowing where. Fortunately, she had six children that were all somewhat attuned to the business world and we kind of got her quickly stepped up so that by the time she passed away, she knew what her Ford bonds were doing and her Apple stock was doing. Um, So that's kind of how this has come about is that it's a long-term relationship that you have with clients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had a couple clients ask me, well, when are you going to retire? And I don't think I ever will. We don't have to in this business. Um, You know, you work with good clients, you work with a wonderful firm like the Royal Bank of Canada. And what I'm 
looking at Courtney doing is be able to work with the next generation of my clients. Parents who say, maybe, you know, my daughter doesn't maybe have enough money to work with a wealth advisor, and I say, she's part of the family. Yeah, Courtney. That's good to know, too. How how do you, I mean, are you finding that people come to you and they, they just don't know what to do with their money, that there's a generational gap. I mean, it's interesting, Maureen, you just talk about your experience with your mom and that you had, and that you love the education aspect of what you do. Obviously, it has been passed down to Courtney, and I'm imagining some of that same passion because you've gone into the same field. Uh, but what are you seeing? Um, I think my mom pro- brought me into the business mostly to start educating the next generation earlier so that they don't end up where their parents are as, unfortunately, the young widows. I'm interacting with them when they're 18, 19, 20 years old and kind of feeding that before before they have their first 401k opportunities or before they're faced with a financial decision. We're kind of starting the education earlier. So it becomes more of a lifestyle and a habit rather than something where you're playing catch-up. As, as exactly, you know, and financial planning is all about starting early. You bet. I mean, it's not so much necessarily thinking about uh, any particular end game, but having the flexibility for all that life might be from charitable giving to other plans to starting a new business. Yeah, so I'm going to just say, first of all, again, Royal Bank of Canada, five-year sponsor, um, the Wealth Management Branch here in Providence, uh, you know, supporting our fires on the water, helping us to bring this uh, really big community event to life. So that is a very big thank you to you for giving back to your community. And I know that you do it in other ways um, as well before we talk, uh, I jump into talking about, you know, everything that we need to know about philanthropy and donating. But very quickly, uh, which we're going to do in the next segment, um, what, are, what, about, what about water? I know that RBC's got a connection to water. We do. RBC has a a very strong uh, blue water project. It's a 10-year global commitment to help protect the world's most precious natural resources, which is fresh water. So since 2007, we've pledged over $41 million to 700 charities. And every year we have an RBC Blue Water Day. Um, where volunteers from RBC go out and they might clean up a riverbed or they might freshly paint the the uh, seating along a, a walkway by a river. Or we're just very passionate about protecting this. But RBC as a whole is very passionate about being involved in the communities in which we live and work. Yeah. And that is kind of how our water fire relationship started. And um, we're just thrilled to be able to share this treasure with our clients and our families as part of the Brazier Society now for five years. And when it, to me, it, it kind of all fits together because we we work with multi-generations. We're 20 years old now, so many people and their parents, you know, whether they've been donors to Waterfire or just, you know, people that are coming to the event, they've been, their children have grown up coming to Waterfire. And, you know, when we come back, we're going to now talk about stepping into philanthropy and really what that means and giving and again. Again, you do not have to be a Gates or a Buffett. There are so many nonprofits here that are legitimate nonprofits. We're going to talk about that, how giving to nonprofits can uh, help considerably, and how you can do your part in the community. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk and business, and Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. When we return, we are back again with Courtney Chelligren and Maureen Kerrigan, and we're going to be talking about philanthropy because philanthropy is on the rise. We're, we're bouncing back from 2007, everybody. We'll be back.
And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And we are having a great conversation uh, with Maureen Kerrigan and Courtney Chelgren. And we will be right back to talk a little bit about how you don't need to be a Gates or a Buffett to make a meaningful contribution. People need your help. But first, I just want to give you a quick shout-out to our underwriting sponsor, National Grid, and, of course, our other sponsor, Lifetime Medical. Uh, without their support, we would not be able to have this program and bring you behind the scenes of Waterfire and give you great information. So, ladies, welcome back. And Barnaby, welcome back. I am back. Um, Pleased to be right. here. So let's talk. This is such a big um, issue at Waterfire because we're a nonprofit and we're always looking for donations and we're trying to access donors. We rely on donations for people and the thought of charitable giving. So I'll start with you, Maureen. You know, charitable giving. I, I think that there's um, some myths about it. People don't know where to start. Sure. Um, so. What is your take on charitable giving? Well, first of all, I want to just get back to the point you talked about, how charitable giving has increased significantly. And just last month, um, Giving USA Foundation published their annual report on the amount of money Americans donated in 2014. And individual giving increased from 2013 by 5.7% to $258 billion. That's staggering. It is. Now, there's you know other statistics on other segments, but six of the nine categories reached new highs, and one of those was arts, humanities, and culture. So fitting right along with what the good that you do at Waterfire. So where do you get started? Um, there's so many people looking for your money, and what you need to really step back and look at is you want to make an impactful gift, and you also get something out of it. By making a charitable contribution, you might get an immediate tax deduction. You'll avoid, you might avoid paying some capital gains, say, for example, if you uh, gave a gift of appreciated stock. And third, you could be doing some estate planning by removing an asset from your taxable estate. But I think the most important thing that you'll gain from giving a gift is how it makes you feel to support an organization that you're passionate about. You've yeah. almost become an owner. Yeah, yeah. You become a partner in seeing the change in the world you want to see. And it's a very, you know, I think very often um, people are don't understand when they're charitable giving how important it is, but they also don't anticipate how much satisfaction they get of seeing what they help do. And it starts young. Yeah. I have a lot of families that include um, charitable giving very those types of conversations very early on with their children um, so that maybe as a family the ch the family decides that okay we're as a family going to decide on one organization and I've had situations with grandparents where they tra challenge the grandchildren mm -hmm. you come to us with your best idea mm -hmm. and then we'll, grandpa mm -hmm. will donate this amount of money and one child thinks they win but I happen to know that all the grandchildren's special gifts, but it has the children research, sure. which is an important part of giving to a charity. You need to do some research. You need to make sure they're legitimate. You need to make sure that the dollars that you are giving to them are being spent wisely. And there's a variety of resources that you can reach Absolutely. out to. And I'm sure you guide them in that. And you also need to think about the impact you want to have in the world and what you're passionate about. And in that research, you learn 
tremendous about about what you're interested in, whether it be the environment or a theater group or something like that. And that partnership is a really fun thing to start. Uh, you know, I've often read that psychologists talk about what truly makes people happy. The thing that really has lasting satisfaction is knowing you made a difference. Yes. And it uh, that's what people talk about as, you know, later on in life, the, the fact of that they were able to help, that they were able to give advice, and they were able to contribute to the community. So, so Maureen and Courtney, um, I'm not sure who wants to answer this, but so when do you start? I guess that would be my question. Let's say I'm 30 years old. I've got student loans. It's something where, you know, I've just started a great job. I just have a 401k coming in. I really love things. Um, but how do, how do I approach this? And, and am, am I supposed to be giving charitably now? Is there a percentage? How does that work? It's a very personal thing, and, and you make a good point with people challenged with student loans and other debts. But I liken it to if you just take the money that you might spend going out for coffee seven days a week and back it off to five days a week, take those extra two days a week, and suddenly you've got $30 at the end of the month that you can commit to an ongoing commitment. And and make it be almost like an expense. Make it as a line item of your budget to be charitably, charitably minded. Um, it really does your, your heart and soul some good, as, as Barnaby mentioned. So it can start, um, you know, after you've got the priorities and after you've got the rent and the mortgage and the car payments, I think you can find $5 to do something. Yeah. And and then that becomes a forget-me. And the next time you get a raise, instead of spending all the raise or putting 100%, say, you know what, I'm going to take $25 this month and put it. And all of a sudden you find yourself where um, you're getting hit up from every friend's run-a-thon, bike-a-thon. Yes whatever. That's where I say it's important to think about impactful giving. Mm -hmm. So if you really do believe in that agency that that person is fighting for, let that be the impactful one. I think that makes a, a lot of sense because we saw, you know, starting in 2007, and Barnaby, you and I both went through this, and it was tough. We saw a lot of not only corporate giving, um, go down, but actual individual donors, I don't know if portfolios were dropping because the stock market drops and everything else. They were. Um, but it really, it was painful and we were lucky enough being, you know, at Waterfire to survive and weather those storms, but so many other not only were they artistic groups that people really cared about, um, or even Waterfire, we, we, we were, you know, we've always done Again, we were very lucky, and we were able to work with a lot of other groups that, you know, were not receiving a, a, as much um, funding as we were. But there, we needed people to know that their gift made a difference, whether it was $10, $15, $30, that this thing that everybody loves water fire, but nobody really wanted to pay for it, and I'm putting that in air quotes, um, was what we were finding. So I think you're right. I think, what is it that is important to you? And then... I love the idea, Barnaby, you said this, you find out, and Maureen, uh, you did as well, you find out really what is important to you. What are these things that you want to continue uh, as, you, as you grow and as you have children? Um, so and, and things like water fire can be part of an estate plan, too. Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody would like to leave a bequest to water fire. Uh, those are all things that you can talk to your financial advisor and tax advisor on, you know, setting up a life insurance policy that, you know, a, a 
charitable organization may be the beneficiary of. You may have a piece of real estate. You may have some highly appreciated assets that you might want to pass along in a more tax-efficient way because part of this comes into estate planning. And, and the way I look at estate planning is it's your money, and there's basically three choices. Mm-hmm. You can leave it to your heirs, you can distribute it the way you want, or you can distribute it to the IRS. I don't think you want to distribute it to the IRS, do you necessarily? Some, some, some people may. I mean, so, there are many things the United so States I think does that we thoughtful, appreciate. But, um, thought, thoughtful charity is a part of your yeah. life from your, you alluded to, your early 20s sure. until you're no longer breathing. And, and it's and it's your choice, and you should step into starting making those decisions. You know, um, just some listeners may not quite understand what you were talking about, that about the reason for this um, wise giving and, and the tax advantages. But if you have an asset that increases in value, you're responsible for paying, you know, tax on that increase in value unless you've decided to gift that to something, in which case you may have bought something, say, for you know, $5,000 um, 30 years ago, and it's now appreciated in value, and it's worth fifty or 60000 When you sell that, that, was, that taxes tax is due. However, you could also give that to some uh, charitable cause that you were really excited about, and you're still giving them this fifty. You invested five thousand. It's now worth fifty-five thousand. But they get the full fifty-five thousand dollars, whereas you would have to pay taxes on the right. forty-five thousand. And they, you have the opportunity then to sell that fifty-five thousand dollar asset and then put it to work as the charity exactly. would like. And so it um, it saves you taxes and it diverts what would have been taxes. So it's it's not it's actually additional money that you're giving to a cause that you're passionate about because much a significant portion of that money would go in taxes. Right. So. Right. so it's important for people to realize that. And, and then I just want to reiterate the early thing. You know, people keep postponing thinking about saving for retirement. And this is the great thing about interest and investment is the sooner you do it, the more resources you'll have. And it, it's just it's a good habit to get into. Yeah, speaking of which, Courtney, I know that you um, have been spearheading something on, at, for the summer stop. But on Wednesdays, can you explain a little bit more about that? So one Wednesday a month, we're trying to further my mom's passion of education. And um, we're having drop-in sessions where you can call in, you can come in person. We have wine if you come in person, if that's your incentive. Um, But we just basically turn it into an open forum. Whatever people want to talk about, whatever they feel like sharing about their personal financial situation, um, whatever questions they may have, whether we want to buy a house in five years, can you tell me how on target I am? And it really is just an open forum. That's really great. So it's a free open forum. And where are you located and how how do people find out more information about when these will be and... Um, we're located in downtown Providence, but um, if you is there a way for them to get in touch with you and we can get them on an email list um, or on website? the website? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure we can figure something out. Is you there know? a website we can give to We've get We've got a website, yep. Yeah, let's, uh, let's announce that for people to be able to find it. Okay. It's, it's the hard names, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kerriganchelgreninvestment.com. Um, but if you were to Google... Courtney Chelgren, RBC, um, you'd be able to find her and just reach out and uh, we'll get you on our mailing list. And we do send out a framework of some topics we might be hitting one night. We've done retirement. We've done um, beginning to talk to your aging parents about finances because some people need that as well. 
I think, yeah. And I want to spell Chelgren, which is C-H-E-L-L-G-R-E-N. So yeah. Courtney Chelgren, RBC, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I think what a great service. Um, and, and I'll definitely be popping in because to me it can be daunting. And even just trying to figure out the ins and outs of where to put money, where it's best, you know, is, and how much to donate. I was I was brought up in a family that believed in donating money. My husband is very big on uh, with philanthropy. And even when we don't necessarily have a lot, we make sure that we give some away because we know that's what's creating our community and making it a better place for us to work, live, and play. So, ladies, I want to thank you so much for thank coming on. Thank you for on. having us. Thank We're you. thrilled to be here. And thank you for sponsoring Waterfire. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit later on in the year we'll be able to have you back and discuss some more things because I could talk to you for hours and hours. <laughs> but. Again, it's been great having you on. Thank you for the great information. We're going to try to post um, some of this in a blog, too, because um, Maureen, you sent over a lot of great tips. You are listening out there, everyone, to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk in business. And when we come back, guess what? It's the week of the Fringe Festival. So we're going to be talking to Josh Short and also to one of the artists uh, that you're going to want to go check out, Stuart Wilson. And, yeah, we'll be back. Bye-bye. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. I am here with my co-host, Barnaby Evans, and we just had a really great um, conversation with two really smart ladies talking about philanthropy. Uh, so we had Courtney Chelgren and Maureen Kerrigan, mother-daughter team at RBC Wealth Management, talking about, you know, just giving. You don't have to be a Gates or a Buffett to make a difference in your community, and always remember that. And one thing that we forgot to mention and, uh, as they were here is that you know, Maureen looked at us and said, you know, we forgot to tell people, always check with your company about matching gifts, because sometimes your company will match your gift, and then there you go. Yeah. You know, double and, up. And they do. Um, they're, they're very good about that as well. Yeah, so what, what, isn't that great to see a mother-daughter team? Oh, and I think they, that's wonderful. Just wonderful, yeah. But now, Barnaby, did you go last night to the Fringe Fest? I was supposed to, but I didn't get there. Ah, uh, you ended up working, didn't you? I did, till early in the morning. Aha. Uh, because uh, we have a deadline later tonight that I'm still working on. But you guys have been going since Tuesday, I think it was? Uh, yes. We actually had a, a opening event on Monday night. That's and, right. Um, sort of show started mm-hmm. in earnest on Tuesday and continued well, throughout well, Saturday. But let's yeah. back up and talk about I, what a fringe festival is. Actually, can I even back up even further? Okay. That's absolutely. totally backstroke. Okay. Because nobody right. knows who we're talking to. No, that's <laughs> a good idea. You know? So, um, well, we're going to be talking about the Providence Fringe Festival. We're still waiting on Josh Short. I know he's on his way here, but this is great. we got Stuart Wilson, who is performing in the Providence Fringe Festival. Yes, indeed. And so, welcome, Stuart. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So, comedian, in, improv? Uh, I do some improv. I'm doing some more, uh, some things that are more scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally am very interested in what I consider to be a very wide gulf between scripted theater and completely improvised theater. So, I have actually two pieces that are, you know, somewhere in that giant gulf. So, have you know. and have you been um, part of the, well, actually, now Barnaby? 
Well, so, yeah. let, so let's talk right? a little bit about the fringe. The, the Providence Fringe, this is the second year, right? Yes. And it is an opportunity for a tremendous amount of uh, the wealth of theatrical talent to really break loose and experiment with things, do unusual things, lots of opportunities to hear pieces you won't hear anywhere else. Um, right. And they're... 30 performances a night, something like that, for yeah, a week. There's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. So um, if you go to fringepvd.org, it's very well organized, and you can look by venue, you can find artists, and get a sense of what you might like to see. And uh, on there, because there's so much information on there, there's also a program schedule. So you can look at the yes. days, and then you can see, because this is something that happens simultaneously in many places all over Providence. Right, yes. Um You've got a lot of different venues, so, so you can try, and they start at different times. Some of them are short, some of them are long, so I think it's just 6.30 up to about 10, depending on the day of the week. Right. And people can choose one venue and go all the way through, or yep. people can travel between them. All, some of them are quite walkable. Right, and one of the uh, great things about the Fringe Festival is it's a, it's a low cost, so everything mm-hmm. is between 5 and $10. Mm-hmm. You buy the um, tickets at the door. You buy tickets at the door, um, and the shows are generally short. They're under an hour, usually around 45 minutes. So you can see two or three a night. Um, and they're and, very different. And they're there, all going to be very is, different. There's an incredible range from comedy to puppetry to serious theater to installation art to... Surprises, yeah, music. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, yes, the music. Yes, that's, that's right. There's music a, performances. There's dance. There's there's all sorts of things. Yeah, it's a it's a really wonderful mix. Um, I'm very grateful to Josh for uh, organizing this for a second year. Yeah, so Josh is the executive director of the Wilbury Theater um, Group, right? And, yes, he is. Yeah. And they've really spearheaded this mission, they uh, to do. my understanding, for the last two years. Last two years, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh has done a great job with a lot of new theater through the Wilbury group too. Um, And I think he saw this as a way to, um, you know, even broaden that beyond maybe the scope of some of his own aesthetic there Mm -hmm. and uh, be a incubator for shows. Um, I know that one of the shows I'm presenting was sort of, I've done it before. But another show was like an idea I had with some performers, and we said, well, let's submit it. And we got in as an idea, and it's like, all right, everybody, we uh, we have two shows scheduled. So right. we actually made this show over the past couple of months, which um, it, it would not have happened if it were not for Fringe Festival. All right, so uh, what, well, can well, I ask what but, it, but that's an important point to make, because the Fringe Festival can serve as this catalyst, this yes. opportunity, this chance, you know, let's go all out. We It's encouraging people to take chances, both audiences and performers mm-hmm. and writers, and giving them a forum where unusual things can happen. And it's, you know, people come here to see it. It's a, it's a great, it's a gift to the community. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And Brahma, you were I'm just, just dying to hear what what the, what the name of your show is, what it's about, and what inspired you to create the show. So um, the one that I uh, I've did two years ago is called It's a Spaceship Now. Mm-hmm. And that was inspired by my own life of kind of digging through the trash and finding things. And also not really doing a lot with my life, to be kind of frank. Um and so in that show, it's incredibly truthful up until the point where I find an old nuclear missile in the trash <laughs> and I build a spaceship out of it. And you're suggesting <laughs> that that part might be 
somewhat fantastical. It's, or, or it fictional. is fantastical. Okay. Right. Okay, um, you didn't get to Mars? Well, you'll have to see the show to see how far I get. All right. Um, one-man show? It's a one-man show Okay. with some technical help. So I have some videos and some slides that I can lean on, as well as the audience. Um, I... I ask for not a lot of participation, but even just a, a help on a sing-along, All right. to be honest, is like a huge endorphin boost when you're on stage alone. Of course uh, it is. It's that energy coming right at you, right? And now you're using multimedia, as yeah. you said. Uh, yeah. Did you go to school for this, John? I, I did not, actually. Um, I went to school for graphic design, mm-hmm. so... I do have a, a sense of that, but my own story, I, I kind of fell into a big Nazo puppet sometime after college. and uh, You fell into one. Yeah, all right. that's how it feels. <laughs> and then I then I stood yeah. up, and all of a sudden I was a performer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. it's one thing led to another. And um, has that now become your calling and your vocation? Is that what uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm not with big Nazo anymore, but I, I do theater, and I teach theater and um it's uh it's actually pretty wonderful to to have something i love and be able to bring it to kids too and, and big nazo is a great portal for many people to discover a fantastical world of Absolutely. adventure and creativity and that's a great great team they also Another have asset some stuff at fringe good good now you have a second show though the second show yeah this is the one i put together with some other performers it's called the dean at the dean and while the and the dean where it means the dean hotel which yeah, except if people if people haven't been there they should certainly go there except it's not actually there we oh it's not <laughs> oh, I thought it was. it's at the Hope Artiste village um, oh okay i thought but it was at yeah the dean, we we had kind of hoped we could uh, again this was an idea that was not fully formed when we had it this was okay. months ago and what does it look like if an academic dean is drinking at a bar Mm-hmm. And we slowly built the show. We couldn't get that space, but the idea is still there. We want it to feel like cheers without much of a script. Okay. But, you know, i got to tell you, our I don't family know owns ac- a bar, and I've seen a lot of <laughs> I academic I was going to say, I don't know drinking. any <laughs> academic deans that don't drink at bars. Exactly. It's true. But it's true. <laughs> they have lots of stuff they have to deal with. Um, okay, well, so this is at Hope Artiste Village, or Village. How do you guys pronounce it? I say it Village. Okay. I didn't know I've heard it both ways, and I don't know. Uh, well, the village sounds yeah, the like village, it should. Yeah, yes. it does sound. It sounds like we should have bloodies. And that's right village. on the Providence Pawtucket <laughs> line. Very plenty of parking, great building, great lots building. of activities yeah. there. People know about it perhaps through the farmers market that's there. Yes, and there's exactly. Some great restaurants there, and uh, another great facility. Yep. And um, we're there at 7 p.m. tonight and 8:30 tomorrow. Well, let's talk about the date. So this goes through Saturday. Yes. So it started with an opening Monday and then performances were Tuesday. So it's every night of the week yeah. through Saturday. Everything's on the website, which I want to give again, which is fringepbd.org.org and everything's there. It's 5 to 10 dollars at the door. Now, do things sell out? Do you have to get there early? What do you recommend? I I honestly don't know. I would love to think it's going to sell out, but okay. my um I would show up early if you have your heart set on a show but sure. some of these cause some of these spaces are bigger than others i know there's a show that's in a uh room, room at the dean at the hotel dean, yeah, which that's probably the smallest audience that will probably sell out so yeah. get there early but 
Um, and many of them are in downtown Providence. Yes. So it's so if you if one sells out, there's one a block away or something like that. Right. I hope Artis mm-hmm. Village is a little further, but it's not far. A little it's further. What, there's some room there. Ten-minute well, drive, yeah. You know, we've got to take a quick break, gentlemen. But when I come back, let, let's talk a little bit more about this idea of the fringe and the fringe sure. festival and what we can expect to actually see, you know, just a, a little bit more. Because it, it, we're breaking boundaries with a lot of these, aren't we, Barnaby? With a we lot of the performances. Indeed, yeah. um, you are listening to AM790, your station for talking business. And we're talking to Stuart and Stuart Wilson. And you know what? He's going to be performing at the Fringe Festival twice, and it sounds a lot like fun. I, I'm all about this rocket, or, you know, we've got to get back to that. That's cool. You found a missile and created a play around it. Um, you're listening to AM790. We'll be back. Hello, 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 and welcome back. We are talking about the Fringe Festival here on Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island because lots of great things happen here in Rhode Island, and the Fringe Festival is all this week. And we were just joined. We were just talking to Stuart uh, Wilson, and I, I got to see this this show about the spaceship. I, you've got me so intrigued. But we were just welcoming uh, now Josh Short. Josh, uh, the executive director of the Wilbury Theater Group. I know you have spearheaded the Fringe Festival here in Providence for the past two years. What can we expect to see? Uh, I think you can expect to see a little bit of everything, actually. There's like a great mix of uh, some really wild, new uh, improvised. There's an improvised puppet project, which is a choose-your-own-adventure story with puppets. That's happening at uh, the AS220 space on Saturday night. Then there are shows like Stew's, the one-man multimedia shows. Um, there's some dance pieces happening um, over at Schiffer Rope. There are, there's a, I, I, there is this one man, um, not one man, um, magic card version of Macbeth that's yeah, close happening. close-up magic yeah. version of Macbeth. With just yeah. two people Sounds at great. a table with the mm-hmm. audience around, and they're, and they're playing with these cards, and, and they perform Macbeth. Yeah. yeah, that sounds cool. Just repeat what we said before. All these are very well described on the website, so people yes. can yeah. see. Gee, that sounds interesting. And uh, I want to encourage people to go because they sound uh, madcap and crazy, but it's real theater in real places, and uh, it's it's in thrill. It's thrilling, mm-hmm. and every penny they collect at the door goes to the performers. That's this right, is yeah. this is a uh, a nonprofit effort to advance the. A great state of theater, frankly, in Providence. We've got some wonderful theaters, a lot of theatrical talent, and this is a chance where people get to let their hair down and try all sorts of things of every style. Uh, and you're going to find something you love, this and in fact, you can make a whole evening of it. Yeah. You know, either they start. I think um, I was saying some start as early as 6:30, some start at 10. That's and right. Short, yeah. and you can you see something at six, and um, you know, then take a break, get some dinner downtown somewhere, right. and then go catch another show at nine, and then head across the street and see something or, else. Or or you can plan them and run, for, or you, or you can go to one uh, one uh, venue That's right. and stay there Just the stay whole night. All night. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's well worth doing. I yeah. think. Now, are you going to be performing at all, Josh? I am not performing. No. 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 We're just uh, producing it this year. The Wilbur Group doesn't have a show in it, but we do have a few shows, like Stews. Uh, there's another Roadhouse, the musical, um, which actually came out of the Wilbur Group's New Works program. Yeah. So we're just excited to see these shows that, you know, started in our programs move on and and perform themselves. So and I would point I out that Roadhouse, the musical, is what it sounds like. <laughs> if you're listening at home. 
Uh, what does that, it sound like? It sound. I come mean, on, come on, come on. Sounds like legs. a bunch of guys on stage doing Roadhouse in mullet wigs. In mullet wigs. Yeah, Roadhouse right. is the so classic Patrick Swayze. Right. Flick. Yeah. It's right. it's pretty wonderful. So you know. I want to hear an example of something that I'm going to hear from you, Stu, when I go to see you. When you when you come to see me, I do. Um, I do a breakfast dance. That's kind of a fan favorite. <laughs> but you can't speak over the radio a breakfast dance. Give uh, me something. That's Give why you got to go into the theater. I mean, I, I have a song about khakis. How does it go? Um, hey there, everybody, everybody wearing jeans, but not your boy Stewie. I'm doing my own thing. Four front <laughs> pleats and plenty of room. Trouserly treats straight from the loom. Right on. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is what we're going to hear. I think it's great. There's going to be a lot of innovation, uh, a lot of new things happening. And I just want to remind everybody that we uh, are celebrating Clear Currents at Waterfire on August 15th and on September 12th. And registration is closing on August 7th for that August 15th. And this that is, is the, when you get with the canoes. With yes, the, so with, with the, the canoes fish. and the kayaks. To have you join us. Please go to Waterfire. Sign up now. It's such an amazing thing to do. Josh, thank you for joining us. Stu, thank you for joining us as well. And I'm, I'm digging that tune. It's going to be stuck in my head now. Um, but everybody, we are so excited. Go check out the Fringe Festival. Um, lots of incredible talent here in Rhode Island, all coming out just for you. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And we will be back next week to talk about August 1st. Huge, huge lighting. And we'll see you all. This weekend and this week, downtown at the Fringe Festival. Providence Fringe.